Welcome back, mother lovers, to the best damn How I Met Your Mother podcast on the internet. This is Last Call at McLaren's, and I am one of your hosts, Josh, here with my best bud, John. How you doing, man? It has been a bit. We've been Dude, off for it a has month. Been a, yeah, it's been a long month, too, man, without you in my life. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of, you know, we're doing Listen, different things here the and there. people at home don't know that. Shut up. I mean, continuity, bro. If they're oh, if the they're paying, if they're paying attention to the to the YouTube channel, they at least saw us together in one video. <laughs> Listen, bro, it's called keeping kayfabe. Kayfabe <laughs> yeah. is real, damn it. And now the majority of the audience is like, well, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> so I, I mean, I can't complain, man. I'm excited to be back for season four. Bigger beards, <laughs> bigger attitude, bigger episodes. Well, your Boom. beard actually looks like it might have gotten shorter. No, it's about the same. You know, it doesn't really grow anymore. This is mine is, uh, mine is definitely the longest it's been in a very long yeah. time. Yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. Let us know, folks. Hop on the Twitter at last call H-I-M-Y-M, or hop over to Simply Sane J1. Let John know how his beard's coming in. Yeah, peeps. Let me know what's up. Simply <laughs> Sane J1, the Not Your Mama right. podcast location. Ooh. But no, seriously though, how are you doing though? I mean, it was it was it was a it was, it was a decent break from How I Met Your Mother. You already did. Uh... I am. I am excited to get into season four. It is it's in good times. Uh, I'm real excited. Um, as the people who are watching saw, uh, I, I will have put a uh, previously on video at the beginning of it. <laughs> so enjoy that. Uh, for those listening, I'm not going to do that because uh, you're not going to see everything because it's just some music and, and you're not going to actually see the previously on stuff. So That's go check good. it out on the YouTube channel. Yeah, I mean, Oops. yeah, absolutely. You're going to have to hop on over to the YouTube channel. Josh, what's that? Uh, put that link into the description. Oh, it's always in there. It's in there. I mean, if they're on the YouTube channel, I guess they don't have to look for the link in the description because it wouldn't be there otherwise. It's true. You know but what? It'll... Just hop on over to YouTube. Look for the Merc with the movie <laughs> blog. Yes, I'm sure if you just typed in "last call at McLaren's," you'd find it. Hell yeah! I'm sure. I know I found it that way a couple times. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we are here, season four, episode, episode one. one. Do I know you? Yeah. I mean, I don't think you know me, but I don't know, man. I don't know. You think you know me? <laughs> uh, this episode debuted on September twenty second of two thousand and eight. Directed. By our favorite director, Pamela Fryman. Pamela Fryman, yep. That's right, man. Uh, and written by the boys themselves, Carter Bays and Craig Thomas. They always do the uh, the season premieres. So here we are with that. And we got the summary for this one. Ted and Stella get engaged. But Ted soon learns that he doesn't know anything about her. Meanwhile, Barney confesses to Lily that he's in love with Robin. Oh, shit. That's actually a really good synopsis. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Probably one of the better ones I've ever seen them do for any of the episodes between both, like, series. <laughs> Probably. Uh, so, even though this season, so, we, you know, we have the whole stuff with, with Stella. And Stella and Ted, it's like half of the season, technically. But she's technically. only in four episodes. If you go through, wow. she's. I think she might be mentioned in a couple of other ones in between there, but she's only in four episodes. And I found out that's because uh, they couldn't. That's all that they could negotiate between her full time Scrubs contract. That she. I was going to say. I mean, this this is right around the time of season eight for Scrubs. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Because you said this is two thousand eight, which means this is mm -hmm. right after the writers' strike and everything, and like. 
Yeah, this is this is right right there at the end, uh, the final, the final true season. I'm gonna say of yeah. Scrubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so. otherwise, then you get into all that med school bullshit, and we all know how that plays out. And I mean, I like med, I'm, I like med school, but I don't consider it part of the main show. It's I, like it's it's a spinoff show. It's season most one of a spinoff Scrubs show. fans don't consider it part of the main series, but yeah. at least acknowledge the show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually because I just rewatched it all recently, and I actually really enjoyed watching the season. You know, there's some real good stuff in there, but uh, that season eight finale that like, that is the finale. I'm gonna run a, a season eight quote by you though. You ready for this? Yo, I'm Dave Cook. Why do people find me funny? Nobody cares, Sean. Nobody cares, Sean. <laughs> he said good. All right. <laughs> All right, folks, so we're going to do things a little differently than we have done uh, on previous seasons of the How I Met Your Mother side of this show. Uh, and we are changing up the format to kind of go more in line with what we had been doing with How I Met Your Father recently. So, oh, it's, yeah, How I Met Your Faja. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be kind of breaking it down into the, the different storylines uh, yeah. that are happening um, and kind of talking about it. just kind of like having a free-flowing discussion about it instead of doing the beat-by-beat beat like we used to do. And I think it'll be more fun. We tend to, we seem to have more fun on the How I Met Your Father side of things when we were doing it that way. So I agree. Yeah, we're, we're giving that a shot. We, Hopefully we it'll work make out. A, we should help make a Dutch version of this called How I Met Your Father. <laughs> How I Met Your Father. <laughs> I don't speak Dutch. <laughs> Gonna have to learn. Was it, uh, the Duolingo or uh, fucking Rosetta Stone or you know, any of those? Babbles, another one? Okay. So it's sure. a, the current one that's going around that seems to work quick. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. You can learn Dutch and you can translate for us. <laughs> <laughs> Just dub it. Oh, man. There you go. <laughs> be some random people dubbing over our voices. It'd be hilarious. It would be, honestly. <laughs> somebody funny. somebody with, like, a real deep voice. And then a real squeaky voice. That'd be really, that'd be good. I think that'd be Oh, that'd man, be you're crazy sometimes, bro. I know, I know. All right, so this episode opens up with Future Ted telling his kids that the longest pause you'll ever experience is the one after you ask this simple question, will you marry me? Listen, I right. love how he runs all these scenarios right here of, like, the yeah. possibilities of the answer. And my oh, favorite God. one is when she's like, no, I can't marry you. I'm already engaged to your high school bully. Yeah. Mark Johnson, the, the quarterback from his high school team. I wrote that down. <laughs> What's up, turd? <laughs> it's Ted. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's some good ones there. And obviously, you know, all of the scenarios running through Ted's head involve her saying no. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty telling. For how he thinks it's going to happen. I mean, mean? in a way, though, they show us what's going to happen, though. Because in the end, she walks out on Ted. She does. She. And I mean, spoilers, again, again, if you're watching this and you haven't watched the show, please pause us, (laughs) go to Hulu, start watching the show. And when you catch up to this point, unpause. If you are this deep. Hold on, Josh. We're going to wait. We're going to wait for those few people. That's fair. Maybe maybe we'll run a commercial break. Who knows? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hmm, man, when I'm waiting for people to catch up on our show, I like to refresh in a nice cold beer. Yep, you know what no I'm ro- saying, Joe? No rock star today. No rock star today. <laughs> and if it's not if it's not Labatt Blue, it's a good M&M to get my night going. There you go. Look, do I have anything? I don't. <laughs> Josh doesn't do advertising. <laughs> you know what, folks? If you wanna, if you wanna get yourself a hardcover book for only five dollars, <laughs> join the Book of the Month Club. You can click the link in the description below. Five bucks for your first book. <laughs> I'm putting that link. I'm, in I'm fucking book. promoting alcohol and candy. Just like, pick up a good book lately. <laughs> I'm putting that uh, link in the description too. It's gonna be good. All right, folks. I mean, fuck <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, so then we jump to right where we left off at the end of season three. So Ted and Stella, they're at the arcade. Ted has just proposed, and that's where we get through all that, the stuff that we were just talking about. Um, I love when episodes do that, you know, where they, you know, we get that. It's happened a number of times with this show where it ends on that cliffhanger and it picks right up after oh, yeah. uh, that happens. I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of that. Um, but. You know, he he may be imagining her saying no, but that's not what she says. She says yes. She does say yes. And I think, honestly, I think out of, like, TV show proposals, this is probably one of my favorites because, you know, he doesn't have a ring at this point. He's got, like, a little stuffed bunny and, you know, they're sitting in an orange It was an orange kangaroo. It was an orange kangaroo. Yeah. You're right. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I just, I love this little proposal. You know, it's an arcade and they're having fun and... It's kind of like Jim proposing to Pam at a gas station in the middle of a torrential downpour. Like, yeah, you know, how do you make it special per per shows? Like, I mean, you you've always got to come up with something new, something that's never been done before. Yeah, yeah, I think this one did a good this job. one's special, and they do a very good job at uh, <laughs> not to spoil future storylines. But when the wedding bride comes around, they do a very good job at like the whole. Uh, <laughs> He steals little kangaroos like, well, here, you want to get married? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till we get to that episode. It's going to be good times. <laughs> Jed Mosley. Jed Mosley. Uh, so then they essentially skip past the whole summer. They do a real quick kind of montage of showing what everybody does for the summer. Uh, Ted and Stella, you know, they say they're happily engaged for through the summer. Lily is focusing on her paintings, and Barney has to do rehab because he got hit by the bus. He got hit by the bus. Yeah. Uh, And then we find out, you know, Marshall, he's still unemployed throughout this whole time. Yeah, he keeps popping up into everybody else's part of the montage. Everybody. What you doing? What you up to? What are you doing? (laughs) I love the one when he goes to Barney's. What you doing? It's like, what do you think he's fucking doing? Yeah, right? (laughs) I love how Barney's like, what? What? Seriously? And then, and then when he does it to himself, when he's yeah. like putting tape all over his face, that, have, have you ever done that? Jim, no, but it reminds me of the one movie with Jim Carrey where he does it. Oh, yeah. He's got his face like really taped up. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" Uh, I noticed in this, Marshall really let his hair grow out. 
Yeah. This I is like one it. of my favorite, like, well, well, you figure one of the last things he did was the fucking, he had, like, done the buzzers. That was a couple yeah. seasons ago, but, like. Couple, yeah. But his but hair I mean, was, yeah, was significantly shorter before. This is definitely one of my favorite, like, Jason Segel looks. It's like, his hair is not super long, but it's not super short. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, and then we finally get to see a little bit of Robin here because we hadn't seen her. They didn't. They didn't say anything about her in, in this opener. Um, but she's at work and she, you know, she's anchoring. She got the anchor job at you know Metro News One and everything that she'd been yeah. doing. Uh, but she's not enjoying her job. Nope. We, we can see that. And I feel bad for her in this aspect because this takes me back to when she was like super unhappy doing like, the fuck pieces. And yeah. she was sneaking like little things into the the broadcast, mm-hmm. and I could I could see her doing it from here too, because like you know like it's it's the whole tooth, like you know like yeah you know stupid. And it shit. only cost him a nipple. Yes, <laughs> I want you to slam it down, and then I want you to say these words. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's very similar. Yeah, because she she hated her job then doing yeah. that same type of stuff. You know, and, and it's yeah, it's pretty much happening again for her. Pretty much, um, it's a vicious cycle. It is. So at the bar, she tells this all to the gang, and uh, you know, making the comment that she's the the boogeyman with a teleprompter. Yeah, and, and this, Barney starts laughing. He c- can't control himself, man. And, and I love Lily because Lily's like, "Well, what what are you laughing at?" And he's like, "That joke." Yeah, boogeyman with a teleprompter, <laughs> and then like I love how he tries to cover it, where he's like, "Oh, the joke is like everything you'd want." It's yeah, I, I, wrote, I wrote it down. I wrote the line out. He says, "Smart, funny, beautiful. The whole package is everything you're afraid to let yourself want in a joke." In a joke, <laughs> and it's like obvious to, to the audience, at least. I mean, uh, uh, unless you're not paying any attention, really, that. There's a lot more happening here. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'd have to be an idiot not to realize he was talking about something. Well, Robin. I mean, yeah, clearly yeah. talking about Robin. Yeah, and I mean, they but, teased, yeah. they teased it in the finale. And it's unlike he, Barney. It's uncharacteristic for Barney to be like it that. Is. It is. But they teased it, you know, at the in the finale when he gives her that look. You know, uh, there's a little bit of a tease uh, earlier on in the season after they slept together. Things were a little, you know, weird there. But uh, they're finally starting to to move into that whole thing here, which is uh, interesting. And we get a lot more of it later on. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, so now this is where everything breaks down. We're going to do like what we, like I said, what we do in the How I Met Your Father ones. We start breaking things down. We have the Barney, Lily, and Robin storyline. And then we have the... Uh, Ted, Stella, and Marshall storyline. So, which would you like to cover first, my friend? I want to talk about Ted, Stella, and Marshall. All right, man. Let's I, do I, it. So, okay. So, in in the flavor of the way we kind of do everything else. So, this part of the storyline deals with Ted liking Star Wars and trying to figure out Stella because he feels like he doesn't know Stella enough. But I, yeah, I really, well, they they find this out because Marshall's like trying to figure out like a wedding or like a, a wedding shower gift at the yeah. and he's just like asking like random questions, you know, like does she like to cook? What's her favorite color? And Ted has no idea nope. about any of these. Does things. she have any hobbies? Yes, yeah. she's the total kind of person who have hobbies. <laughs> I, I love that, and I love where Marshall's like, well, she's a Mets fan, 
And, and he's like, she, wait, she, she is? She is? <laughs> like, how does Marshall know this yeah. and you don't? Like, yeah, exactly. And Ted doesn't even know the color of her eyes. Oh, no, no, he yeah. knows. They're the color of a... Uh, uh, sky after the storm. Yeah, you know, I okay, I wrote this out because actually, uh, I didn't realize this at first until I was looking up stuff because it's been a while since I've seen the movie that this references. But the line is, uh, it's the color of the ocean after a storm, and this is a slightly changed version of of the line from the Princess Bride, where Buttercup describes oh. Wesley's eyes as like the sea after a storm. Okay. Yeah, so I, like I thought that. that I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, so so here's the thing that makes me laugh. It's like Ted really goes out of his way to like, I'm gonna surprise her. I'm gonna make her dinner. Yeah, and like it makes me laugh because I'm like, that's that's a Ted thing to do. He wants yeah. to impress this girl, so he pulls out all the fucking stops, makes this amazing meal. Yeah, and then he's like, but you can't guess what's in it, and she's like, peanuts, and he's like, yeah. How'd you and know? She just falls the fuck over. And oh here's the goodness. thing that doesn't sit well with me. When I first start to meet somebody, I'm going to cook them dinner. <laughs> One of the first questions I ask, is there anything you don't like or that you're allergic to? Well, it's obviously, uh, th- that's the whole problem here, is that Ted doesn't seem to, I don't know. If, I, I, yeah, he doesn't communicate, but like I, I was about to say, he doesn't seem to care enough to ask, but I don't know if that's quite the, the what's going on. It's just, I think he's too into himself almost to like, he, he, he feels like he already knows everything, but he doesn't, you know what I mean? And that's I a Ted thing. He's just super happy to be where he is with somebody. Yeah. Cause right now this is, this is Ted, like, Running a 10 cane, he's at like nine and a half kilometers. Yeah. He knows that final stretch is coming, and all he did to get there was jump in a cab and take a ride. It's true. Yeah. It got hit, hit by a... Uh, got into an accident. <laughs> got into an accident. Uh, so I, I was listening to the commentary uh, for this episode, and I found out that this actually happened to one of the writers. No shit. At a wedding, yeah. Uh, to the writer Jamie Ronheimer, we've she, we've covered uh, some of her episodes before, um, and we're going to be covering a lot more uh, into the future. But um, yeah, apparently, very similar thing. It was they got the pesto. She, you know, she got the pesto, but she had asked apparently if there was peanuts in it, and they said no. And apparently, there was. Oh damn! <laughs> yeah, so I was sued. That's where that's where they they took this from, which I thought was, you know, hey, real life makes for some of the most funny things sometimes. Well, and I love it because like so they they obviously do it. She has the reaction. They show yeah. the ambulance, which I'm hoping she at least had an epipen on her. Like I'm hoping like I think if you're that allergic to something like peanuts, you probably do just all the time. I mean, times. Sarah didn't always keep an epipen with her, and she was definitely oh. allergic to peanuts. That's that's asking for death. I mean. <laughs> Because you never know what could happen. Hundred percent. Yeah, so that's that's. I knew a girl who couldn't even be in a room. Like if you opened up, like a like a bag of peanuts in in the room, she had to leave. Yep. You know. Yep. It's, yeah. So it's it's crazy stuff, man. It's crazy stuff. Um, um I like that they just kind of jump past all the hospital stuff. Oh, I mean, nobody wants to see scrubs. <laughs> Plus the finale, <laughs> we spent most of the time in the damn hospital. 
That is true as well. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's let's move Although, on past the hospital. Not gonna lie though, it would have been really <laughs> funny if they'd have done it here, where like they take her to the hospital, and all of a sudden it's like uh, John Dorian walks in, and he's like, "What seems to be the problem here?" That would have been a great crossover. Like, you look really familiar. I don't know. Really? <laughs> Doesn't she look like Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been a really cool, a really, really uh, cool kind of crossover thing. So um, yeah, I, I do like that they. They brush over it. They go back. They're at the apartment. And now they're having the get-to-know-you conversation with, like, 20 questions. Yeah. And I love how she, like, she fucks with Ted a little bit here. Like, he's asking stupid questions. Like, first kiss. Nobody wants to know first kiss. Nobody wants to know first hookup. That's how jealousy and stupidity comes out of it. Though I do, I do like that they go back and reference Ted's first time with Molly McKenzie in junior year. Because we had seen that already. Yeah. We saw we saw that in the in the first time in New York episode, so I thought that yep. was a nice way to tie that back in. Oh yeah, because yeah. Ted never actually answers the first question about the first kiss. No, he doesn't. But he answers that one because we've already seen it. So like, I just thought it was a nice way for them to be like, yeah, remember that? Yeah. But then they start talking about movies, and her favorite movie is Benji, and I yeah. love what she I love what she says here. You know, I watched it recently with Lucy, and I started thinking to myself, man. That dog is so dead right <laughs> dead, now. Right? And I'm thinking to myself, like, <coughs> have you never thought that watching Lassie or, like, any of those other movies, like, Babe? Like, True. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I watch movies like that with Kal-El, and I'm like, like, we watched Land Before Time a couple weeks ago. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the little girl who voiced Ducky. Ducky, yeah. Ducky. Yeah, yeah. The little girl who voiced Ducky's father killed her. When mm-hmm. she was, like, six. Yeah. Because he couldn't stand the fact that she had become, like, such a celebrity. Yeah. And I'm like... It's so heartbreaking, man. Yeah. But then you go back and you watch Land Before Time. And I remember just being an innocent movie about five dinosaurs going on an adventure. But now it's like I watch Little Father, uh, Littlefoot's grandfather die. Or, yeah, it's his... Or, no, it's his mom. His mom okay. dies. And, like, <clears throat> Tree Star and The Journey. And then I'm just like... Man, that's a really fucking heartbreaking movie. And as kids, we were like, "Can we watch Land Before Time, Mom? Can we watch it?" Well, if you think about it, like movie, like especially animated movies when we were kids, there was a lot of death in those movies. Yeah, like a lot. Like that's that was a, a, a story driving thing that they just did all the time. Let's kill the parent. Right. Let's kill, kill one of the parents. Like they or did. Let's that kill all one the of the characters because, like, Fox and the Hound. Oh yeah, like yeah. I mean, like fuck, man, like <laughs> yeah, man. Or what's the what's the the never ending story with the horse? Oh my god! And it's yeah. like Jesus, fuck, man. Like how many times can they just do this shit to kids? And then they wonder why our generation grew up to be like, oh, it's death. Somebody died. Okay, cool. <laughs> that yeah, that's that's why you know emo became a thing when it did. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really think about it. <laughs> it's like you want to take this gun here. Okay, just shoot me. Yeah, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, but then, so she she loves Benji, and then this is where I want to have a side conversation with you, because I realized, some, well, it's not until a little bit later, but I'm going to run here to get it out of the way. Ted says he loves Star Wars, which we all know Ted is a huge fucking Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. and I have no problems with that. But, and this is, like I said, I'm going to jump a little bit out of the line, because we're going to get there soon anyway. But because of this, Ted gets Stella to watch Star Wars, 
And then after she watches it, she tells Marshall she hates the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Marshall's response to that is Ted watches it when he's sick, when he's homesick, when he's down. So that breaks the continuity of the three-year rule. Because Ted says he only watches that movie every three years. And that's in season seven. Does he say that he only watches it every three years or that... They only watch. Well, it. they only watch it. But it might, the way they make it, it sound might be in that like episode, because it's a bonding thing, where the 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 three of them have to watch it every three years. Maybe you know what I mean at minimum. That's the only maybe. Thing yeah. Okay. So then, <clears throat> side question to this conversation is: Is there a movie that you could watch that many times and not tire of it? I mean, I feel like there's. A lot of movies that I, I'm like that with, I can just throw it on, you know. Uh, obviously, you know, some of my favorites, like Gone in 60 Seconds, Gone Jurassic, in 60 seconds yeah. Dr- Jurassic Park, uh, Easy A is a movie that I could watch over and over again. The Wedding Singer, I literally in high school watched that movie every day before bed for like oh my two God, months straight. I remember that. Um, I do remember that. Uh, you know what? These another good, really soft. Another good one that anytime it was on, it, even if it was in the middle of it, I'd sit down and watch it. Was uh, fun with Dick and Jane, the one with, with oh, Jim man, Carrey. That's a, Dude, oh yeah, that's a good I movie. love that movie. It's so good. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna out myself here during our recording. I have one movie specifically that I can watch like that, and it's it's a little harder to watch now because my mom passed away. But you know what movie I can go to, and it doesn't matter how many times I've watched it, I'm still gonna watch it over and over again. What? Dirty Dancing. That's fair. I can I can honestly without without embellishing a number, I can say that I have seen that movie somewhere close to two hundred and some odd times in my life. Wow. My mom had that movie recorded and on a VHS back when people used to kids back before <laughs> you could go to Blockbuster and rent movies. Your parents would buy blank VCR tapes, and if you don't know what a VCR tape is. Call your mom and ask her. She'll know. And if she doesn't call your grandma or your grandpa, they'll know. Um, and I'm not talking about Betamax. That's a whole other conversation. We're talking about like actual VCR tapes. Yeah, VHS, um, maybe. My mom had Dirty Dancing recorded on like two because she'd burnt through one. But, you know, you can record like, depending on how you recorded these movies, you could record up to like two to three movies on a, a tape. Yeah, you, you could get up to up to six hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there there was a good point where, like, Dirty Dancing was on a loop. Because my mom was Swayze crazy. Yeah. Like, she loved Swayze. She so was. She, she was like, and I, you asked Josh, I have my own Dirty Dancing collection on my DVD collection, which consists of Dirty Dancing, Ghosts, Point Break, Roadhouse. Yep, Roadhouse, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Roadhouse is just classic, and I was a bouncer, so mm. I mean. It's true. If, if you don't own that, do you even do your job right? <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I, I get where Ted's coming from, and I just I wanted to ask you about it, because I'm like, it just seems like it's stretching the continuity, but I guess if you explain it like that, it makes more sense. And Yeah, I think I think it was more of a, of a them thing as opposed to a Ted thing. Yeah. I can't imagine watching Star Wars that many times, though. Oh, as many times as they're claiming Ted does? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. How, I, I've watched it a lot, but not that much. So, one last quick story before we get back to the story, because this is kind of where we're going with this anyway. 
So last night we were supposed to record. Yeah. We had technical difficulties. We couldn't record. I ended up turning on the TV and I ended up going on Voodoo. Take a wild guess what I ended up watching last night. Was it a Star Wars? No. Oh, no, it know. wasn't. But it was it was I'll tell you this. It's one of the recently added collections. Do you remember what one of the recently oh, added man. collections was? I don't, honestly. Superman? Superman. Specifically though, I went and watched Superman three. Oh wow, interesting choice. It was an interesting oh, Richard choice. Richard Pryor action. The Richard Pryor one with the big computer and the uh-huh. the stupid but I watched it because I love the big fight between good and evil, the Barney and, you know, Canadian thing that happens later. And I was just like, man, but let me tell you, because when I was watching them as a kid, watch them again off VHS, you get such shitty quality. Mm -hmm. Now as an adult, I'm rewatching them and I'm seeing things that you don't see. Plus, plus when you were, when we were kids, the TVs were like, Maybe a 20-inch, yeah. maybe like, a 27 if you had the money for it. Like, there's a scene where <laughs> he's flying, and one of the kids is yelling at him after, like, he's bad Superman. And you can see them doing, like, the, the echo look into his ear. Oh, yeah, yeah, Um, And I was just like, oh, shit, I never noticed that. <laughs> or, like, me and you had this conversation, like, about six, seven months ago. Um, I sent you that they added Nuclear Man into the comics. Oh, yeah. And I told you, I didn't realize that Nuclear Man's costume consisted of black and gold. I thought it was, like, naked in the sides. Oh, Because as a kid, the quality of my video was shitty. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I thought it was a really risky choice for a fucking costume, but made sense considering Mark Pillow was fucking jacked. Yep. Nope. It wasn't. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) But now you can see it far more clear. (laughs) And now I know he's just not swinging his schlong around. There it is, folks. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> just like with the uh, the peanut incident, this Star Wars thing, uh, you know, having uh, your significant other have never seen it and, and being like, if I can't marry her if she doesn't like this movie, <laughs> happened to another one of the writers on the show. Oh no shit! Yeah, uh, Matt Coon. We've again, we've we've covered we've, his stuff. I was gonna say before. we've talked about that name before. Um, yeah, so they're just they're just taking stuff from real life, and I I love that. <laughs> I mean, write what you know. That's what they say. It's true. Uh, and so we've after she you know tells Ted this, we flash over to the bar and Marshall. He he cannot believe this news, and he has a great fucking line here. This this line right here is iconic, and I have yeah. seen people use this a hundred thousand times. Yeah, and I wrote it down exactly because I I wanted to make sure I got it right. The only people in the universe who haven't seen Star Wars are the characters in Star Wars. And that's because they've lived them, Ted. That's because they've lived the Star Wars. It's such... The way he he does it is such a great... This episode and the next episode, he has great lines in. Oh, he has amazing... I mean, I don't know who specifically tries to write for Jason Segel on this show. Because, like, I know, like, like series writers, like, have different... But whoever writes for Jason is just... It's phenomenal. Well, it's, both this episode and the next one are Carter and Craig. And so fair. They're putting out some good stuff. Uh, they're for, putting for out him. banger after banger. It's true. But, uh, you know, Marshall is is worried that she won't like it. And as, we, you know, we, we already mentioned, he's, he's right. You know? It, I mean. His worry is right. But, I mean, it's it's fair, though. Because, like, how many times have you used a, a like with a movie as, like, a catalyst to talk to somebody? And then, like. Somebody's like, oh, I don't like that movie. You're just like, scum. 
<laughs> I, I mean, if if I'm like chatting with a girl and she's like, oh, I hate Jurassic Park or something like that, I'm like, I, I I don't know if I can talk to you. Like, sorry, man. I love the Jurassic Park outweighs like Gone in sixty seconds. Well, she's I, like, no. Here, here's the thing, man. Childish. Here's the thing. I feel like far less people even know what Gone in sixty seconds is. Listen, you know what would be really funny? But if funny? you don't like Jurassic Park, I don't know if I can be friends with you. <laughs> just, just picture this one. You're you're in like a speed dating thing. And the girl's like, oh, what's your all-time favorite movie? And you're like, gone in 60 seconds. And she's like, oh, you mean that shitty wannabe in the Fast and the Furious? And you're just like, next. next. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we ding the bell? <laughs> check, check, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but Ted, you know, he keeps kind of like downplaying. He's like, you know, it's just a movie. It's just a movie. But then him and him and Marshall sit down and watch it, and his complete tune just changes. He's like, so, so Stella doesn't like this. I can't marry her. Here's my next question, though. So at this point, it's 2008. Okay. Yeah. Which movie did they watch? There's four. In well, he said they were watching the original. Oh, so they were watching A New Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the one that's his all-time favorite. Yeah. It's a horrible one to like, man. Like, oh, it's not Empire, man. Empire I mean, has Empire the is is in my opinion, yes, the better film. But I, it, I stand by it. Yeah, Empire has the better ending. Luke gets his hand cut off, finds out Vader's his father. Han gets frozen in carbonite. It ends on such a down note. <laughs> It's true. It's very true. That's what life is, a series of down notes. It is. Uh, so Ted and Stella, they then sit down to watch Star Wars. And I noticed something. At this point, Stella's wearing a purple sweater. Yeah, I caught that. And I was like, yeah. damn, man. I'm like, I know that the yellow-purple thing is just a fan theory. I mean, it, it fits, though. It I mean, fits. it doesn't not fit. Like, there is a lot of coincidence with purple-yellow. There is a yellow instance in the next, in the other side of the story. Oh, you caught it too? Yeah, and I'm like, they both line up perfectly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even if it is just a fan theory, somehow it worked out in so many ways. Sometimes it's unintentionally done, man. Uh, You know the old old saying, like, certain colors work better on screen. That's true. It's true. And And I do wonder if, like... If subconsciously the like the the wardrobe people were doing that, I mean that would be you know, that would like, be crazy. Just subconsciously, oh, you know, it's kind of a there, there's a bit of a down moment, and they just subconsciously slap some purple in there, or it's gonna be oh, there's a there's a high moment, a happy moment. They're gonna slap a little yellow in there. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's like the the episode of Scrubs where uh, Janitor gets a new the new jumpsuit. And it's yeah, not a jumpsuit. Sorry, it's a shirt and pants because who yes. wear a belt with a jumpsuit? Sh- shirt pants um, combo. Yep, yep. But it's like you know, <laughs> Ted gets the the tie, and he can't understand why people keep punching him because his tie is that burnt Sierra Sienna orange, mm-hmm. and it instills hostility on people. Yeah, and it's like certain colors bring upon certain emotion in your mind, so you see it, and you're like, oh no. Yeah. No, absolutely. I I, I absolutely agree with that. Um. But yeah, I love how Ted is trying to act all nonchalant about the movie and everything. But like, 
Oh yeah, it's, you know, it's just a movie. You know, it's cool. You know, we're gonna okay. watch it. And then it starts, and a crawl starts happening, and she gets up to go get a beer, and he's like, <laughs> "But it's starting." And she's like, so, "Oh, it's just a bunch of words flying through space. I'm not gonna read that." And I'm just so like, "So here's the thing, red flag, man." Well, here here's the thing that as a Star Wars fan, I'm gonna admit this. I don't think I've ever read the crawl to most of the movies. Really? Yeah. Like, I understand, like, the crawl's, like, an important part. It's, like, filling in gaps and stuff. Yeah, it sets up everything. I honestly, most of the time, like, I I know I read at least the first three, and I think maybe Phantom Menace, but Hmm. I don't know if I've ever read a crawl after that. Oh, I've read them all. I don't remember them, but I've read them all. (laughs) I read them every time, because, again... I don't like I, I don't remember them word for word or anything like that. It's <laughs> fair. But yeah, I mean the fact that she's just like, oh, I just don't care enough and I'm gonna get up and leave, not even try. Well I'm also like that's why a red would you flag. have grabbed a beer before the movie started? That too. It's like I mean, because essentially you're saying that even though like it doesn't matter if it's a movie Ted loves or hates, he chose a movie to sit down and watch with you and you're saying, Oh, this movie's not important. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. That's what she is saying, and she, it's not until she realizes how important this movie is to Ted that she even tries because she wasn't gonna try. No, I mean she was gonna try to jump him on the couch, man. Like she's like, yeah. "Oh, I'm losing wood over here," and I'm like, first off, like literally just like two episodes ago, you're all like, "Oh, you're telling people that we haven't had sex? Oh, I'm gonna withhold on you, motherfucker." Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. She did do that. <laughs> but yeah, she just also Marshall hiding behind the couch. Yeah. So here's my thing. So I've seen enough <laughs> horror movies to know you always look behind the, you know, your back seat and stuff like that. Yeah. But Marshall is like a 6263. He's, he's, he's not a small guy. He's a tall yeah, How he's did a, neither of them see him behind the couch? I don't know. Especially because like did, did they at no point go into his room at all? Into Ted's room at all? Did Ted never I, go into the room? That's what I'm saying. Like that <laughs> that's just a weird one. Like Yeah. It's off to a bad start, Ted. Like, oh. <laughs> the one I, is, I love it when he does it the second time to Stella. And it scares Stella, yeah. <laughs> but see, I have an issue line. with that though because I mean we're about there anyway. Yeah. So okay, so she finally is like, okay, well if I'm gonna watch this movie, I'm gonna watch this movie. You go to your room. Yeah. Ted goes to his room. He's watched this movie so many times. He knows right where they are. Yeah. He literally just gets to his room as Marshall pops up and goes, "Should I go to?" scares her she scream and ted comes out and goes what part what part what part you should know what part you dumbass yeah you literally just went in to the but maybe it's more of a what is specifically were you screaming at you i, I mean, I mean? And that's most likely what it was but it's just the wording yeah no i get that <laughs> i just i just love the popcorn flying everyone i i love like a couple minutes later, when like they're in the room and like Marshall's listening with the glass, yeah, it's like okay, we're at the part where they just escaped from the trash compactor, and Ted's like, "Great scene," and Marshall's like, "Great, Great scene," like yeah. <laughs> me and you. So okay, like Ted did. Someone? Like Ted didn't say the word great hard enough for right. For <laughs> Do you mind if I tell one of our inside movie jokes, like our our preview joke? Sure. 
So Josh and I have this thing that if we go to see a movie together, and I don't remember why this tradition started. Oh, it was, it was a Dane Cook. It was bit. a Dane Cook skit, yeah. And we sit down to the trailers, and the first trailer that always plays, doesn't matter how great it could be, doesn't matter if it's the worst trailer we've ever seen, one of us turns to the other one and says, <clears throat> fucking lame. Fucking lame. <laughs> like, we have seen some amazing trailers be the first one up there, and we got to be like, ah. Fucking lame. <laughs> it's a great it's tradition, like, though. <laughs> I love this because this is what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Because like he's like great scene. He's like great scene. Yeah. Like I mean, it's it's okay. I yeah. think I, I'm gonna say it this way. Family Guy did it better. Oh snap! <laughs> I mean, they steal a couch. They do steal a couch. Who, who took away? <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna take this. But so I love that. Like he's like, okay, we should have heard like her be like, huh? <laughs> and we did yeah. it. And Ted's like, I'm gonna look. And as soon as he opens the door, and not quietly, I might add. Oh yeah. He just like rips the fucking door open, and she's like, Yep. He just gets on like, her phone. She's texting, and then the phone dings. I'm like. You dumbass, you didn't see that coming? Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> of course not. Why would he have seen that coming? I know. But then, you know, a few more moments pass by, and she comes in the room, and she's like, okay, I finished it. I loved it. I loved and Ted's it. like, and eh. No, Ted. Ted's like, oh, a hot, I have a hot girl, and she loves Star Wars. That's the dream. He yeah. does the that's the dream here. And uh, I, I, it got me, it put me down a little rabbit hole. I was like, okay. I was like, who says that the most? Is it really Barney? Oh, no, it is Barney. I found a, a video of all of the That's the Dream no. in the whole show. I'll put it in the in the description. I'll put the link so, to the Okay, YouTube. so who says I, it the most? I, I do think it's Barney, but like at the beginning, the, over the first three seasons, it happened a lot. And I don't remember catching most of them. No, honestly, neither do I, to be honest. It, I was going to say, I it's think just it's just kind of thrown in there. Ever... Yeah. And like, as I rewatched, I'm like, oh shit, they did say that there. Or they, you know, yeah. It's, well, because I remember one crazy. last season because Barney's like, that's the dream. He's like, really? That's what you're going to go with? That's the dream. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, so not, not this or that. This is the dream. And Barney's like, yep. Yep. <laughs> Oh yeah, and like pretty much everybody says it at some point. See, yeah, right, throughout yeah. The, the series. So, yeah, it's uh, I'll, like I said, I'll put it in the in the show notes. You guys can check out that that YouTube video of it. It's pretty cool. Well, I love I love Ted's talk to few uh, like past Ted, fourteen year old Ted. Yeah, and I'm like, what a dumbass, you masturbating little bastard. <laughs> and, and like, this is happening in front of his current fiance. And I'm like, man, you are digging yourself a hole, you Star Wars loving bastard. <laughs> However, though, there is yep. a really funny Ted's like super excited, runs out of the room because he's gonna pop some champagne. Yeah, which by the champagne. way, who just fucking has champagne on standby? I mean, I don't know, but uh, that's a little bit of a well, flex, no way. Yeah, I don't know because um, unless he got it, knowing he was gonna show her the movie. In hopes that she would like it. Maybe. Other than that, yeah, it's just like kind of a random <laughs> thing to have. Granted, like, I still have a bottle of champagne, an unopened bottle of champagne, technically. Fair enough. Yeah, the bubbly. 
Yeah, I, I got I got the bubbly, but uh, la bubbly. That's just because I wanted to keep it. <laughs> but there's a there's a great line that happens right here, and I, I always love this line. And I've used this line when I'm I'm picking on Star Wars, and I don't do it a lot. But I love how Ted runs out of the room, and Marshall's like, "You hated it." She's like, "I hated it." She's like, you know, and like her first instance is Chewbacca. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, and like she doesn't even do a she really calls good. calls him bear. Bear. Well, and that's the thing. Like she does a shitty uh, Chewbacca thing, and they're like, she goes, and then they're like, "That's right, bear." That's right. And bear. I'm like, first, and I love how instantly Marshall's just like, first off, they're much smarter than they appear. Yeah. I'm like, you don't have to defend. Like, he gets real defensive about yeah. those Wookiees, man. <laughs> I just, I, but that line right there, that's yeah. right, bear. That's right, bear. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, man. And then and then Marshall, this is where Marshall explains just how we talked about it before, yeah. just how important this whole thing is and asks her, you know, can you pretend to like this movie that you hate for the rest of your life? And she she can't. She says, I do. Yeah, I, I do think I can do that. So, I mean, she's in. Well, at this point, she she's in doesn't doesn't. This completely go there she'd be going she'd be all in man she's gonna splash the pot <laughs> she's gonna splash the pot i love <laughs> that me and you just have conversations and throw like random tidbits from other movies and genres and it's true another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, okay, so that wraps up the Ted, Stella, and Marshall portion of the episode. And now we've got the Barney... Lily and Robin portion of the episode. Um, and so, uh, as I said before, I was I watched the commentary for this. And apparently, Craig and Carter knew that they wanted to eventually get Barney and Robin together ever since season one. Oh. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. They're like, we, we've, we've known ever since season one that we wanted them at some point to get together. We didn't know that when is- it would happen. That yeah. is interesting, though, because yeah. I wouldn't have ever guessed that. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, so so I figured I'd mention that. So, well, I but love yeah. how, I love how this one starts out with Lily coming over <laughs> at seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, and then he like this this whole storyline plays out real, relatively fast but funny because like it's the shorter of the two storylines, and I just love how Barney's like. You know, I'm in love with Robin and Lily's. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he can't show that emotion, like Barney. And I know that it gets discussed a lot, like later seasons, because you know Barney's father obviously wasn't in the picture, and his mom had an unhealthy obsession with men. James turns out to be gay. Barney doesn't know who his dad is, like multiple times until like he finally finds Jerry. But like, Barney has so many little hiccups to him that sometimes it's easy to overlook and think of him as just because he says it himself. Robin looks at him as a womanizer. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to think of that. Maybe he's not 
just a womanizer, maybe there's a deeper rooted issue in there where Barney's afraid of commitment. Oh, 100%. I mean, look, at they talked a little bit about this on the on the commentary, and I hadn't really thought about it too hard until they said it, but he has not been in a serious relationship since the the, the hippie girl. Yeah. Name I can't. And she broke his fucking heart. Sh- was it Sharon or Shannon? Shannon. Sh- Shannon. And she broke his fucking heart. Oh, yeah. And drove him to become the Barney that he is now. So it makes total sense. He's like, nah, fuck all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I can I can attest to that. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not Barney level bad, but I have my moments. Yeah, I mean, that happens. But I mean, like, it's just it's crazy to think that like he goes down the path he does in this, especially this season. <laughs> Barney goes through a lot of growth in this season because like this is this is him realizing that he has this feelings for Robin. It's not just like, oh, Robin's my friend. It's I love Robin. And yeah. I'm gonna do anything I can to. Yeah. yeah, it's not just I want to nail Robin. It's I want to be. I mean, Robin. listen, in 2008, <clears throat> who didn't want to nail Robin Scherbatsky? It's true. I mean, he already did. So, like, it's not just about that for him anymore, which is so different for him. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's weird, too, because, like, for us from, like, 2007, 2008, and watching the series, because, like, we were 23 at this point? No, 20, 24. Yeah, 24, 20, yeah, at this point, yeah, 24. So we were at that point where, like, these people aren't much older than us. Yeah. So, like, looking at, you know, Colby Smothers, I'm like, she's a beautiful woman. No, absolutely. You know? And then... I'm, I'm going to take this a step further. And ladies and gentlemen, spoilers. So if you haven't watched Secret Invasion, <coughs> skip ahead for like a few minutes. And then, you know, you're safe. But watching Colby Smothers join the Marvel Universe, I was like, oh shit. Like, she's really matured as an actress. Like, damn, Colby Smothers is hot. Like, wow, where did the fuck did Robin Scherbatsky go? Because in my mind, anytime I'd see Colby Smothers, and it's, it's the same with Alison Hannigan. Anytime I see Allison Hannigan, I always think Michelle from America Pie. Yeah. So when I started seeing Maria Hill appear in Marvel Universe, even though she only makes a handful of appearances, I'm always like, oh, shit, this chick's fucking badass. And I don't think of Robin like that. So seeing it, it's different. Yeah. And then Secret of Age comes around and fucking ruins it all. You piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> I'm bad at Disney. I mean, we already knew that she was a scroll at some point because was it the was it the end of the Spider-Man movie, whichever one, it revealed that both her and Nick were. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Because I, I haven't watched Secret Invasion. I know you haven't, which is why I decided not to spoil. I was going to say if it's be, if it's that she's a scroll, I'm like, well, they already they already revealed that a while back. Spoilers, bro. Marie Hope dies. Oh well, wait—is it her or is it the scroll? No, no, it's it's her. Okay, and it's legit her. Okay, like episode one, capped right in front of Nick Fury. Pop, she's dead. And they show her her dead body. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, and then like legitimately, I'm just saying because I know that the scrolls turn back into scrolls. Scrolls turn back into scrolls and bleed purple. Yeah, that's why I was like saying. Yeah, no, and they they make a big deal about it with like her mother even like being like in Nick Fury's face at one point, and she's like, "You're the reason my daughter's dead." Shit. Okay. Oh yeah, like it's it pissed off so many fans because you know it's it's 
Nick Fury's right hand. Mm-hmm. And they and they let her fall into such a basic trap where it's like, well, I mean, they did the same thing to Coulson, so I know. It's just but then they pumped they him full of Cree blood, and he was okay. Yeah. Well, I don't, dude. I, fucking Agents of Shield ain't. Can, I, I don't care what anybody says. Agents of Shield is not in the continuity. No, not it's until not. they actually make a continuity. It contradicts stuff later on in the in the series. Oh, does so, it? Yeah, in the later seasons, <laughs> it contradicts well, stuff. We'll so. do an after hours about all of that. <laughs> Back to the main point. Yeah. Robert Shibotsky is hot. It's true. It's true. Uh, and yeah. That's where and, I was going with that. Barney entire... is in love with her. <laughs> and Lily's kind of floored by this. And she has this great line here where she says, I thought you called me over here to uncuff you from your sex swing again. 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 And that's what got, what got me. It made me really like that line. Because it's like. Uh, that, that's a that's a that's a true friend right there. That, that she is was, a true friend. And she no was willing to come asked, over and do it again. It's seven thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the point of it. Where I'm like, well, at least, like, I mean, good friends. You know, they don't ask questions. They just show up and help you. It's true. It's very true. Here, here's the real question: If I called you at seven thirty in the morning, would you take the three hour drive to help me? I mean, depending on what the help was, because a three hour drive is a long drive. I mysteriously somehow was at the top of a stairwell, slipped on him, and Anapil fell down him, and there's a bone sticking out of my leg. I mean, I'll come, but I, I think I would Listen, probably call on. an ambulance for you first. <laughs> I'll try to stand up. Nope, the bone is through the skin. <laughs> the bone is through the skin. <laughs> it's beginning to smell like almonds. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, but I love, so I love this scene, though, because I love how Barney describes, like, because she's like, well, if you want to be Robin's boyfriend, he's like, oh, whoa. I don't want to be Robin's boyfriend. Yeah, Barney love- views this whole thing as like almost like a disease. Like well, he's no, like, he's he like, that, I, though. I, I don't want to catch it. Catch feel. Yeah, like it, it's completely the opposite of what like a normal person oh, yeah. would feel. But about. there's a spot right here that I don't know if you catch this or not. She asks Barney what he wants, and he like, throws himself forward and like leans on the counter and he's like bent at this like weird angle uh-huh. and he's like i just want to talk to her all day and be with her and this and that apparently the the the, the position the leaning like that where he, like his legs are all weirdly straight I'm gonna guess out that was a neil thing that was all neil yeah yep. that, that was a neil that makes complete. a lot of sense yeah they, they talked about that because <laughs> they loved it too apparently <laughs> i mean and that's the thing though there are things that Neil does is just being Neil. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it brings so much depth to who Barney is. Cause he's, like, a, he's an incredible, like physical actor. Very. Like, like the, the, that is a, that this the thing that we're literally talking about is a great, great instance of that. It's like, he does these weird random things that most people wouldn't think to do. And they're just hilarious. I'll, I'll propose this question to you at this point because you you said it in a way that I like it, and I don't hear that term thrown out very often. And it's physical actor people who don't mind doing shit. On three, name the greatest physical actor of all time, and if it's not Chris Farley, explain why. It is Chris Farley, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, hundred, yeah, absolutely, it's Chris. That Farley. dude did some crazy physical stuff. Oh, yeah. And it was ahead of its time. Like, mm-hmm. people told him, slow down. You're going to hurt yourself. And he was just like, ah, it's, it's funny. I remember uh, it's Beverly Hills Ninja. 
there's a scene where he jumps out the like slap yes. wall and window he talks thing about hitting the two by four. And he hits the yeah, and knocked himself out in the scene. And it's like man, the the crazy stuff that he would do, throw himself through tables and stuff. Just like the scene in I think yeah. it's the Tommy Boy where he just like face plants through a table, through a like a yep. coffee table. That's just, yep. that's just him doing it, man. No stunts, oh, no stunt doubles for that guy. Just, just nope. crazy. Ain't but nobody that, like Farley. Yeah, never will be either, man. But yeah, so I, I, Barney's in a pickle here. Yeah, and it makes me feel bad for him because this is this is rare form Barney we're getting. Like this is mm-hmm. legit. Like you only see it a few instances in this show. But I, I realized something else that I'm going to stop here because I wanted to get to this point before I prefaced it and like paralleled something. Okay. So there's there's two major episodes that deal with the love of Star Wars and love. It's this episode and the the trilogy episode, which is in season seven. Yeah. And at that time, Bar- Ted's doing his thing. He's he's engaged. Marshall and Lily are doing their thing. Barney's in love with Robin in the first one. And then in the second one, Ted's single. And he's struggling. Is he ever going to find Mrs. Wright? Blah, 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 blah. And then, or no, uh, who is it? Because it's, this is so-and-so. But, uh, is it, it's, it's, uh, it's Karen, right? No, no, I don't think so. Or is it that, that he's just single? No, I think he's just single. Because every time they kept showing it. Or it, no, no, it, it he's, was, with, he's with Robin in his fantasy. Yes, it's Robin that he keeps It is. Seeing. It's Robin in his fantasy. Because then it's Marshall and Lily, and Lily's pregnant. Yeah. And then and Barney, Barney the just keeps one. having random, random girls. Until the last one, and then yeah. it's Quinn. Yeah. And they're like, and then we'll be seeing lots more, or we'll never see her again. He goes, no, I love Quinn. And yeah. I realized... This is a nice parallel episode. Yeah. You know, you get this early season where, like, it's the Star Wars, it's and it's this is important to Ted, and in that it's important to Ted because it's a trilogy and they got to keep the tradition alive, uh-huh. and then there's the, the whole love parallel. And I was yeah. like, man, that's a really great nod back to this episode. Hey, man, Star Wars brings love. But does it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I mean, Anakin kills Padme. I didn't say all Star Wars. Love. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, you're right. Luke found love. He kisses Leia. He kisses his sister. It's cool. He kisses his sister. <laughs> but I mean, he doesn't know it's his sister. So I mean, it's true. Does that make it wrong or not? I mean, listen. There, you're drawing semantics and you're pulling at straws. I'm just saying. If you go your entire life not knowing you have a sister out there and you end up, like, kissing her and, like, doing something, is it your fault? No. You didn't know she existed. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and, I mean, then the, the scruffy fucking nerf herder shows up and he steals her away anyway. Yes. Yes, he She's does. all like, oh, hon, I love you. And he's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, so... Uh, even though <laughs> Barney isn't, I sidetracked you. You're he, like he fucking a scruffy nerd uh, murder. He's still he's still banging random women, and like we see that like a woman comes out, yeah, uh, and and Lily's like, Dude, "What are you doing?" Him. Yeah, she punches him a few times in this episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> deservingly though. Oh yeah, and she she doesn't understand like how he could claim to be in love but still be sleeping around and. 
and it got me thinking like i have an answer for this he doesn't want to be in love with robin that's fair barney does not want to be in love he doesn't want to be her boyfriend even though he loves her and wants to be there he doesn't want that feeling in him you know what i mean he's feeling it you're right he can't he help it in her. He can't help but feel these feelings yeah. for her. But he doesn't want them. Well, and so and I feel it. like he what he's know how doing to handle these feelings. is he is he's trying to almost like act like everything's normal. Everything's just like business as usual. I'm gonna go off and bang these chicks, and maybe it'll get me past all of these feelings that I don't want to have. And it's it's almost like a little bit of self sabotage kind of a thing. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, no, hundred percent. That makes sense because I mean, you're hundred percent correct. I'm not even gonna argue that point. Yeah, yeah. So that you know, it, it got me. I, I watched this episode three times. I'm like, it just got me thinking about it all. <laughs> well, and I just I feel bad for Barney because again, though, being as dysfunctional as he is because of how broken he is, he doesn't know how to handle these feelings he's having. No, he does not. And so and he's I mean, the kind of guy who's like, I would rather ignore it and just go. You know, as he calls them, bimbos, go bang some bimbos, uh, rather than deal with these things that I'm feeling that I don't know how to deal with. 100%. I mean, listen, we've all not dealt with our emotions correctly. <laughs> That's an understatement, but yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just going to stop there and just say, I'm sure yeah. most. I'm sure most people have had those moments in their life, so. Uh, and so then they, they jump over to, to Robin at work again. Um, and she's talking about this news story about, uh, an ice cream man, uh, with a, with a roving <laughs> meth lab as the they say. And it's an obvious reference to breaking bad, right? Because the show had just come out earlier that year. Oh. This, this ro this, you know, this traveling meth lab. You know, that, that was the whole thing about Breaking Bad, especially in that first season, was the, the, you the know what, Winnebago. Though, I didn't get that reference. I just Robert figured Beach. New York City, I mean, Buffalo literally has uh, uh, ice cream trucks to drive around and sell drugs. So to me, Fair. I didn't see it being out of the ordinary. <laughs> I feel like it has to have been a Breaking Bad reference. Like I said, simply for the fact that that show debuted January of 2008. Oh, wow. And they didn't start writing these episodes until after that because there was the writer's strike and they hadn't even finished writing all of season three. Wow. And so, like, they had obviously hadn't written season four yet. You wow. know? So, Breaking Bad reference in How I Met yeah. Your Mother. Yeah, I, I 100% that make, believe that. That makes them a shared universe. Well, I mean, I don't think that they're saying, oh, hey, it's the same thing. Oh, no. No, hypothetically in my head Because this now, is an ice cream good. truck that she's talking about, whereas it was an RV. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, a meth lab inside of a vehicle, you know, a big vehicle. I think they were making That's a fair. reference to, to Breaking Bad here without being super obvious about oh, they it. They're going to be in the same universe anyway, because Bob Odenkirk is in the show. Yeah, that's true. I mean, no, that doesn't matter, because um, you got... New Girl and Brooklyn Nine Nine are the same universe, and Damon Wayans Jr. is in both those shows. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. isn't Clemenza Watson in both of those? No, but so is um, uh, uh, Winston's girlfriend Allie. 
Oh. She, she plays Jake's sister. So interesting thing I found out the other day. Did you know that The Office and Parks and Rec were supposed to be spinoffs? Yeah. Like, yeah, they were supposed Par- to be in the same universe. Yeah, because yeah, Parks and Rec was originally supposed to get like a staple <laughs> or uh, a printer or something from Saber. And like, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, they should have. That would have been such a small thing that they could have just easily thrown into in there. Hell yeah. I wish they had done it. I mean, it's the same because it's the same guy. It's yeah. Mike, Mike Schur and, uh, and the other guy. That other Jack, guy. Uh, Greg, Greg Daniels, I think is his name. But yeah, they, they went on to do that show too. So, Not but yeah, I was Jeff Daniels, who was in Dumb and Dumber. I almost said Jeff Daniels. I really did. I was like, no, it's not Jeff Daniels. <laughs> is it Jack Daniels? It could be. That would be way more interesting. <laughs> He's like, okay, Jack, we got to get this writing done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so this scene, I think, is it's just thrown in there to further show how she hates her job. Oh, I can be- see that. Because that it you know that becomes a thing later on in the episode, you know. Um so I think really they haven't done a lot with Robin yet. It's really just been a you know a little bit at the beginning and and like these couple of scenes where they're showing her at work and stuff. Other than that, she hasn't really been a big part of it yet. I mean well, that's got to change. Also they they end up referencing back to this at one point too with the uh, the stupid punchlines wrapping up uh, stories because she hates the she hates those the puns mm-hmm. you know stay tuned for the whole tooth yep you, know. you come come back later for for the for the scoop with the ice cream oh one. yeah the scoop yeah yeah the first one was the tooth yeah because it was about a dentist or something the like dentist. that whatever yeah uh but yeah then later on uh back at barney's this is when lily makes him call robin <laughs> and he <laughs> chickens out yeah <laughs> Yeah, you called and you're just like, oh, and then you hung up on me. <laughs> so I realized Lily makes a very sexist comment here, though. And I don't know. It's it's just like a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. He's like, I left a voicemail. And she goes, oh, you left a voice, but it wasn't essentially uh, male. Yeah. And I'm like, too. damn. I'm like, if yeah. a man had made a comment like that, oh. Yeah, they, they, they make a few I think it's also in this one um, with the uh, or no, no, no. It's in the next because like behind the scenes peak, folks, we had I we had prepped for two episodes. We had there. There's a she does. She does a line in this in the next episode, too, where it's like, ooh, come on. That's that's not great. But uh, we'll get to that one when we watch we when we get to when, that when we record that one. But uh, yeah, Barney explains that it's difficult for him. To, to talk to, to Robin like this because she this is more than just a booty call, you know. Uh, and then we get this this scene showing the progression of, of booty calls throughout the night, and I thought it was really neat, you know. And the, as the later that it gets, the fewer words are used. And by I love three the question mark, yeah, by three a.m. it's a question mark with a response of an exclamation point. And I found something out really interesting about this. Please tell me this is another true story. This exchange between Barney and his booty call is the exact transcript of an actual telegraph conversation between Victor Hugo, who is the uh, author of Les Miserables, and his publisher uh, while Hugo was on vacation when Les Miserables was being published. He telegraphed the single character of question mark 
to his publisher, who replied with a single exclamation point. That is amazing. Yeah. I'm like, that's a fucking awesome thing that it's just there. And you, you have to, like, I would have never known that if I hadn't caught that on the wiki page. Yeah, that's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. I love when people go back and add stuff like that that just adds so much more character that it's like, that's not something random. I mean, it is random, but it's it's also meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's just fucking interesting. That is really yeah. cool, though. I like that. Yeah. Um, and, and Lily can't believe that he actually got laid off of a question mark. Yeah. And, and hits him out of disgust. Yep. And then Barney mentions... Lily and Marshall's code word. Yeah, rhinoceros. Rhinoceros. We get a whole little cutaway uh, with that. <laughs> I and love now, and they, they, I was going to say, and now they need a whole new code word, whole which comes word. back later on. Yep. Yeah. Oh, what were you, you going to say? I was going to say, I love this shit. Her <laughs> response to that is great. Now we have to change our code word. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so, I mean, like, and that's, I know this is a running joke that I've got with you, and it's like, you know, like, um, What's a random phrase that you could have as like a safe word that people would never know? And you're like banana hammock. I'm like, is how how would that randomly come into a conversation? But like, could you just imagine like there's a whole group conversation coming on, and then you look at somebody and you're just like banana hammock. We have to go. <laughs> we have to go. I'm sorry, but they don't make it very uh, no. like secretive. But he's just like, we have to go. <laughs> Well, I mean, they clearly have smartphones at this point. So here's my thing is like, well, well I mean, we're not I mean, smart. They might not, but, but they could at minimum just text each other. That Well, that too. They could text each other and just be like, hey, we've we, we got to go. Yeah. You something know. came up. Something, something, <laughs> something, something came a, up. Something's about to come up. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, there's a rhinoceros loose. We have to leave. Yeah. We must leave now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so then, Rob, this is Robin eventually <coughs> called Barney back because you know he called her and everything, and he tries to talk to her but fails miserably. Chickens out again. Well, I mean, he gets a couple good lines in here before he chickens out fully. It's true, and I love where he's like, "Help me!" and Lily's like, "Ask her something." He's like, "How's your day going?" And she's yeah. like, eh? "Something personal." Yeah, ask him something personal. When did you first get your period? <laughs> She's like, did you just ask me about my period? No. That's so bad. Oh, man, it's too funny. Oh, I loved it. you've ever asked a chick and had to try to, like, cover your uh, tracks? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I'm assuming you have an answer to this. For you, no. <laughs> no, no, I meant for yourself, because I, I can't. I honestly have no idea. Uh, not something, not something I asked somebody, but something I said to somebody that I had to cover up really quickly. And it was, uh, it was when I was dating a very specific somebody in 2005, 2006 and accidentally called her by your sister's name. Oh, I've definitely done that type yep. of thing. Yeah. Use the wrong name. I had, uh, I had yeah. to backtrack on that one very quickly to try and explain why I had misspoke myself and then. I stumbled over that one, and let's just say there was a banana peel at the top of the steps, and I went down hard. (laughs) Banana hammock. Banana hammock. We gots to go. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this could be mine and Josh's new code word, banana hammock. It's true. Uh, But so after, you know, 
chickening out again. Uh, Barney decides he's just going to claim it was the whole thing was a practical joke. Practical joke. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting way to cover. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a way to go. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Oh, but and then, then the later, next day. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Later on, Lily tricks Barney into going on a date with Robin. Oh, yeah, I guess it would have been the, next, the same day, wouldn't it? Because it was yeah. 7.30 in the morning when all that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, later uh, on in the day, Lily tricks him. And he uh, shows up for dinner. Robin has no Robin has no idea that this is a date. Yeah, I thought that was kind of shitty on Lily's part. Yeah, because she's th- throwing her into it. Like, yeah, I mean, and this is the thing about this that kind of bugs me. It's like the first couple of interactions they have, mm-hmm. and Barney's like trying to swim in like deep water. Mm-hmm. Robin has no idea what the fuck is going on. No idea. So, in all fairness, like it's kind of like her feelings don't matter, and I was I'm a little upset by that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we get, we get, uh, I don't know if it's our first hint, but we do, we get a definite hint at Lily's sexual attraction for Robin here, yes. which, which grows throughout the series. <laughs> well, there's, there's also one other great line here that I really love. And it's, it's, he, she, Lily says to Barney, go in there and try to be like the boyfriend guy. And he goes, I don't know how to do that. And she's like, you know, be be in there, be there, and like be talk be caring, about caring, be sensitive. Yeah. All and he makes this little sly comment about you mean be like Ted, and Lily's like, "Well, Ted nailed that for a year." He's like, "All right, <laughs> I'll do that." And I yeah. was like, "Holy shit!" They literally just fucking like, here's a really nice Ted compliment. Yeah, here's the backhanded fucking smack, fuck Ted, and then there's Barney being like. I'll see your Ted Mo- I'll see your Ted Mosby and raise you Jed Mosby. <laughs> he was hitting that for a whole year. Oh, you got a point. Right? Uh, we also, this is where I, I first noticed Robin, uh, yellow stripe on her dress. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if t- this is the beginning of things for them, you know? And I don't know. I'm just saying. I we said it before. You know, it's it, it's a fan theory, but it continues to seem to hold quite a bit of water. Quite a bit. I yeah. mean, it treads pretty easy. Yeah. And I mean, they have an interesting date here too. Like, it's not the worst date they could have been on. You know, Robin keeps not understanding that they're on a date, so she keeps trying to push him towards the waitress. He is. Like, he does such a good job of just being on his best behavior here, man, throughout this whole thing. So, I, this whole thing, because there's, there's the part of the scene where the waitress is pouring the wine, and, like, yeah. Robin's like, you didn't even glance. Like, even I wanted to rock a motorboat on this. And I, I, so, this is my question for you. We have both been on first dates with somebody. Now, granted, they knew they were on a date, unlike Robin, who was unsuspectingly on a date. That's true. That's but, true. Theoretically, you're at a place like Olive Garden or someplace nice like that that they're serving you wine. She's pouring you wine. Her boss is open like that. She's leaned over in front of you. Do you look? I do. If I'm on, if I'm actually on a date, I do my damnedest not to. That's fair. You know what I mean? I mean, my I'm not gonna lie, man. My neck, my my, my neck might snap. I might get whiplash, dude. That's what. That's what we got peripheral vision well, that's for. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, like your periphery only does so. I mean, she was like right up in Barney's she, face. She, she was, I mean. she was well within peripheral vision. You know he yeah, was looking. He, you, you know he saw every mo, every, every inch of that. Saved in the BPEG file. Yep. 
Click, click. There it is. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, to Robin's dismay, she has another on a date, so the I date lo- ends. I love when she's when Robin is like making like crude remarks, essentially trying to trying to get him to to kind of cave to it. Like the, the chiropractor. I, I went. I went to the chiropractor. I went to the dentist, and he was drilling me all day. Look, I like Nothing. the chiropractor one. He had me bent over that table, but he's like, "Is your insurance going to cover that? Because sometimes they don't." <laughs> His responses were great. Oh, your teeth look lovely. Your teeth look lovely. <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. <laughs> oh, yeah, so then, you know, end of the date happens, mm-hmm. and Robin tries to set Barney up with the waitress. That, that she does. Uh. <laughs> she wants to know if you can hit a baseball in your match tomorrow. Yeah, your match. Yeah, because they do the whole Yankees thing. Yep. Which I thought was because I don't remember if they've done it or they do because I think it happens again at least some at one point. If I'm yeah, he he tells somebody he's Derek Jeter. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that comes back up in the was it the the table? Remember where it's like all the different Barneys yep. and one of them's yep. a baseball guy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say nothing when you ran the play telling people you were a New York Yankee. Yeah. Yep. yep. I love that. Uh, I, will, yeah. I will say this though, to his his benefit, that waitress was pretty. Yeah, and he's like, I can't do it. Yeah, I can't. And then can't do it. they they flip scenes, and he's telling Willie the story. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh man, good for Barney. Mm-hmm. Like that shows a lot of like wherewithal. Like he withstood the challenge. Yeah, and then all of a sudden. Hey, Barney, when my parents show up to the field today, are the tickets going to be under my name or your name? I mean, Barney is Barney. I forgot about that, but oh, man. And I'll be honest, I kind of like his answer to this. You know, it's like... Tell your nephews to bring their mints because I'm going to be hitting balls in the No, no, no. The whole thing that he says says to, to Lily about... You know, because she's like, you have to choose. Is it Robin or is it these bimbos? And he's like, I choose bimbos. 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 Essentially, it's like there's. Th- this is the safe route for me. I know that this. You know, bimbos have always been good to me. You yeah. know what I mean? It's he. He's afraid. You know, you you said it before. He's afraid of commitment, and he is. I mean, hundred percent. And if he just continues doing what he's doing. He's not the one getting hurt. No, 100%. He doesn't I mean, have, have to put anything out on the line. No, and you're definitely right on that one. Yeah. And it just kind of sucks, though, because at the same time, though, had he had things went in a different direction than they do, Barney could have ended up missing out on a really good thing. Yeah, it's true. Because uh, Robin is the first step to Barney growing as a person. Yeah. You know, he dates her. And then we get more of, like, the James and his mom shit, and then he goes on, like, the path to meet his dad. And then it's not until he meets his dad that he meets Quinn. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not until Barney starts repairing himself that, like, his life really starts winding up. Yeah, I don't think... I think if not for this, if not for the the stuff with with him and Robin, I don't honestly think he would have been able to be a father. 
Like I don't, um, you know what I mean? Like how no, he I just completely you. changes once he has a kid. I don't think he would have. I just no. don't. No, he wouldn't have. You're no. you're correct on that one. He would yeah. just still been like the same like user. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I think he would have just been like, "Whoop! I don't want anything to do with that. I'm out." You know. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, because yeah, because again, I don't think he ever would have, you know, went to find his dad or any nope. of that stuff. Really, I don't. He wouldn't have had the motivation to. No. Because yeah. again, he wouldn't have started to repair himself. Yeah, and and meeting his dad and everything, having that relationship is what allowed him to be a dad and and actually step up. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's crazy stuff. Um, but then, you know, Lily leaves. And we get this shot with him where he turns the TV on and Robin's on there and he and he just smiles and, and he turns it off. And, and so we know more is coming, you know, that, that the feelings aren't gone. It's still there. It's ready for him. No, but I love how he walks off into the bedroom anyway. Like we know that the hooker or the, not the hooker, the, the bimbo is in there and like. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I love that they, they essentially close the episode with him like staring at Robin and. Yeah. Then he throws the remote down and just walks away. Like it's it's yeah. a great ending to this episode, but it's not the actual ending because there is no. a tag. We get, no, I you're hundred percent. You get a little ending tag where the uh, the code word comes back. Lily and Marshall they have their new code word. They're sitting yeah, there. What the is it? Code word? Chimichanga. Chimichanga. <laughs> Which love again, it. I love the tag. I love this code word because I'm such. For those of you who don't know, I'm a huge Deadpool fan. Oh yeah. So Chimichanga, man, like, oh, absolutely. It, it, it feels. Absolutely. I mean, Chimichanga, we have the, to go. The the name of my channel, Merc with a Movie Blog, is it's taken from Deadpool, who's the Merc with a mouth. So, a uh, couple oh, of couple yeah. of Deadpool fans over here. So you know, Chimichangas. I love me a good Chimichanga. You know what video I cannot find on YouTube anymore because I wanted to show Cal. What? Snickbub Chimichanga. <laughs> That's a good one. Can't, I can't find it anywhere. I'll have to, I'll have to do some searching. I'll have to do some searching. But uh, yeah, uh, so with that, you know what time it is, my friend. It's time, actually, it's first off, it's time to tell me, what did you think of the episode? I mean, this is a good episode. I love this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say it's a great episode. It's it's good. Um, I, I have a lot of feels for this one. Um. But yeah, it's good. It's it definitely it's it's a it hits you in the feels, you know. Like I said, mm-hmm. Barney and all that, and blah blah blah, and it's good. Yeah, I think it's a really solid uh, season opener, um, and it sets up a lot for you know that's going to happen. The, oh, it sets yeah. it sets up the two main stories that are happening throughout this season: Ted and Stella, you know what, and their relationship going forward and leading up to the wedding, and then Barney and Robin. And everything that's gonna happen there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Now, with that, we've come to uh, probably most people's favorite part uh, of the show, and that is, it's Barney's time. blog. That's right, Barney's blog, motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Suit up, bitches. You, you need to get like an audio clip of like um, Samuel Jackson just saying "motherfucker," <laughs> and then like we'll, we'll we'll get like a good uh, Barney's blog. Motherfucker! And then suit up bitches. You gotta always have that. Suit up bitches! Yeah. All right. So, 
this uh, week's edition of Barney's blog is called Overcoming Illness. Okay. All right, and it says, as you all know, I recently overcame a traumatic and life-threatening experience. When I Being hit by the bus? <laughs> while I appreciate the get well cards, muffin baskets, and boobograms uh-huh. you've all been so kind to send, many of you are under the impression that the 83 major and minor bone fractures were the most serious injuries I suffered. False. All, uh, all the time I was fighting a far more insidious and debilitating condition, feelings. <laughs> yeah. Feelings. I mean, we talked about it in the episode how he thought of it as a disease. Yeah. And this is exactly, exactly what it is. Uh, and so it says, During my courageous battle against feelings, I discovered in shock that the medical establishment has done very little research on this crippling affliction. In fact, some physicians even went so far as to claim feelings aren't even a life-threatening disease. Luckily for you, my PhD in awesomeness has qualified me to assemble the informative medical pamphlet for any of you who fear you may have contracted feelings. Keep fighting, America. And And it says, are you suffering from feelings? What are feelings? Feelings are a tender emotional state that develop when a male becomes fixated on a single female to the exclusion of others, even uh, others with bigger boobs. Early warning signs. When you're around one particular chick, you experience pounding heart, dry mouth, nausea, inability to speak, sweating, desire to say flattering things. If undiagnosed, these warning signs can quickly develop into the full-blown disease. Here are the symptoms. Uh, Warm, fluttery feelings in stomach. Lightheadedness. An unexplained urge to watch love actually. Uh, Sudden increase in cuddling occurrences. Brunch cravings. But hey, Marshall loves himself a good brunch. But he's in love, just in general. He has feelings. Uh, That's fair. You know what the funny thing is, is that if you've ever watched Bambi, they don't call it love. They call it Twitter-pated. That is true. That is true. Uh, Explosive monogamy, happiness, failure to notice other hot women, and crosswording. Crosswording? Yeah, like doing the crossword, I guess. I know, but Ted does the crossword every Sunday. He's always got the feels. He lives in the fields. Bro. I mean, you're not wrong, though. You, I mean, you're 100% not wrong. Yeah. And he does the crossword puzzles in pen. It's true. And he, they he... always use Usley's gold. <laughs> for the, uh, okay. for the, the, the consonants? Something. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, all right, so it says transmission. Through correlation uh, remains scientific... Uh, sorry. Through correlation remains scientifically inconclusive. Uh, studies indicate hand-holding may play a role in spreading feelings from one person to another. Okay. And then it says treatment. At this time, the only treatment for feelings is a multi-week course of other women. If symptoms persist, repeat course at a higher dosage. Note, this treatment can result in harmful side effects such as rash, infection, and some cases, pregnancy. Paid for by the Barney Stinson Foundation. Together, we can end feelings. Wow. Good blog. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a, that was a pretty, pretty solid uh, blog entry for, for this episode. A longer uh, one, too. 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But uh, I think that's uh, that's all I got here. Um, unless you got any other thoughts, comments, anything like that about the episode, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Nah, and like we said, changes. So here it is. It's the new short and sweet version. Jump on over to Twitter. Find me at Simply Saint J One. There it is, folks. And you can hop on to Twitter at Movie Blog Merc. That is the Twitter page of my site, Merc of the Movie Blog. If you are watching this on YouTube, you are on the Merc of the Movie Blog YouTube channel. So be sure to hit that like button, smash that subscribe button, and click that little bell wherever the hell it may be. And don't forget that if you're using your mobile device, you can use that to set that to let you know when new, <laughs> new content drops. Look, we've been on a break. I'm a little rusty at this. We were on a break. We were on a break. <laughs> you can also leave comments on the YouTube chat, you know, videos and whatnot. So please be sure to do that. Uh, if you are listening on podcast form, you can have head over to uh, anchor.fm slash last call H I M Y M. Leave us a voice message over there. Love to hear from you. And uh, if you are on Apple Podcasts and you are loving the show, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps Absolutely. boost us uh, up in the rankings and whatnot. And if you write with that review something, we will read that out on air as well. Absolutely. So be sure to do that. And then uh, follow us on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it's called now. I'm still going to call it Twitter. I don't care. You follow us on Twitter and Instagram Listen, at Last Call. It's really weird to tell somebody to follow you on X. Like, I know. It's real weird. Get on Ecstasy. Follow us, people. Yeah, like I it's said, a trip. <laughs> I'm just going to call it Twitter. I really don't care. You can follow us, like I said, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Last Call H I M Y M. Uh, we're, for all of our awesome How I Met Your Mother, How I Met Your Father, whatnots and stuff. Uh, I posted something about Robin Sparkles just the other day. Yes, She's did. the only Canadian musician that matters, John. That's it. You're going to say even above Alanis Marsa? I mean, it's it's Robin Sparkles, bro. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, fuck Justin Bieber. Save Robin, at least. Yep. Robin Sparkles all the way. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Be sure to do that. Uh, and I think that's all I got for him, man. What do you got for him? It's closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't listen here. Now get the fuck out. <laughs> Catch you guys next time.